Hey guys, this is John and Austin, and this is another episode of the Meat Logistics Podcast. You may be able to hear from the tone of my voice. I am dead tired. Came in today literally to do the podcast, and I'm going back home and crashing. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll get to that, but we've got a, a couple of other things first that I think need attention before we get to any stories. So we have stuff sitting out here on the table for uh, those that are just listening and not watching us on YouTube. Um, normally we have like a reason behind eating and we just didn't have, at least I didn't think we had a plan. And then John came back and said he actually had something, but then I'd already got stuff. Yep. And so it is what it is. I just went to, uh, went to a local store. Well, not really a local store. Went to a store here and went to like the regional ethnic. That's the same section. place I got the Iberica uh, yeah. chorizo that we didn't like. Yeah. And I just, I got a bunch of weird stuff that is meat related and just thought it would be fun and interesting to try because how many times do you go buy stuff in the store and you're like, what is that? Mm -hmm. You're like, I don't want to pay, I don't want to pay 10 bucks to try that. So right. I figured John and I would be, uh, be the guinea pigs, guinea pigs. And, and try some fun stuff here. Now, some of them are obviously going to be good. And there's two particular ones that are, I'm at least very on the fence about both of them. Um, so do you want to go through and try them and talk about them or talk about them all first and then review? I'm up. I, I, th I think we just try and talk. try them all. Try and okay. talk as we go. So let's try that one first and then we'll go to good ones and then we'll decide if we're trying oh, the last no, one. This is going to be it's one of the best ones. not going to be good. So what this is, as soon as I opened it, John is freaking out because he thinks it smells horrible. And I got all excited and giddy <laughs> inside because it smells like Vienna sausages. So listen, when we drove up to Missoula, Montana for BHA, um, you ate Vienna sausages in the car. Uh -huh. I had zero problem with that. They didn't smell bad at all. That smells bad. Yeah. Tell them what it is. It is French pork liver pate. So let's see if I can pull the actual ingredients. The ingredients are pork, pork livers, water, modified cornstarch, salt, sodium caseinate, spices, garlic flavor, sodium nitrite. It smells terrible. So it's... And we don't even have any crackers to spread it on or anything. You don't. You don't you need don't. crackers. All right. Well, let's let's get at it. We've got two spoons here. Um, you show me the correct size to take, and I will take half of that. It's it's a little heavier it consistency kind of like than a Vienna sausages, but it's like ground oh and emulsified just the same. It smells exactly like cat food. Someone would literally no. exactly. Yeah, this smells exactly what we used to give. My wife had a huge fat cat who was 26 pounds. <laughs> and this smells like the food we had to give him when the doctor was trying to get him to lose weight. Huh. It looks like it's pre-chewed already. Maybe. <laughs> it does look <laughs> it like kinda it's pre-chewed. Yeah. All right. I might have to try cat food. Austin's probably going to like enjoy the Texture is very strange. Oh. Not the same as Vienna sausages. I Flavor. tried to chew that as little as possible. <laughs> Flavor spot on. <laughs> <What are> you... <laughs> No, spot on for what? That's it's, what your Vienna sausages taste like? No. Okay. So that's like a Vienna sausage with some chicken livers. I've never had like actual pork liver, but tastes the same as chicken I livers. I bet you could catch a ton of catfish with that. They would love that. <laughs> Smells god awful. Tastes god awful. No, not at Texture all. is zero. Taste is zero. Scent is zero. No, not a zero. So it's not, it's bad, but it's not like. It's nowhere near as bad as like the first few beaver tails we tried. Man, I don't know what's what's wrong with your taste buds or what's what must be off with mine. But Patrick, like I will I will <laughs> you, eat that again. No, Do you want to come? No. So just so you know, I've got some duck fog. Uh, 
duck foie gras in there that we're going to eat at some point. What is that? That is, uh, I think it's usually a goose. Oh, yeah. They force feed it something. They right? basically force feed a goose like a certain diet and then take its liver. And make pate out of it. So at some point we're that. try that duck. His look, the the didn't like the it. The real authentic, like where he stared into space and moved his neck back as if he's like, wait, what's happening? He kind of nodded his head though as I was going, so I was surprised with that. I'm just that I'm, I'm be, trying to process like I'm 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 literally watching like a goose get force fed, yeah, and like then I'm butchering it and just I'm now, very very image heavy on stuff. this. Is duck, <laughs> so I don't know if it's the same. If they do the same thing, but whatever, we'll try that later. That is going to be much better than this. No way. Yes. No. All right. Well, we disagree strongly on there. Where do you want to go next? We've got uh, a, what is that? Truffle. Black truffle, black truffle salami. Oh, so I mean, this, this looked interesting because I started trying some different black XYZ things. Um, have one that's like a. I want to say it's a black truffle. Have one that's like a black garlic. Now, I don't know what's special about those things, but I like the flavor. Truffles are expensive. That's all I know. Black garlic's actually pretty tasty. Pigs and dogs get them. Yeah, I've heard. I've it releases, just recently uh, heard about black garlic. Releases like a sweetness of uh, of sorts. Like it reminds me of a mix between like a raisin and and like a fig Newton. What if you had flavor. it in? My uh, fiance, her mom forced me to eat it one day. Okay. <laughs> so just by itself? She makes, she like, there's a process to actually getting the garlic to turn black or whatever the heck. Okay. It is. But then, yeah, just by itself, I oh. think. And I was like reluctant, but then I go, oh, it's actually kind of sweet, kind of like huh. almost like a tasty treat, but not so bad. But apparently, all the great benefits of it, but you know me, I don't care. <laughs> hey, it's great for me. I'll try it. Sure. So I don't love the smell of this, just to be honest. I don't think it smells very good. It's pork, black truffle, sea salt, celery powder, spices, dextrose, garlic, lactic acid, starter culture. So it is a dry cured. Um, if you squeeze it, it oozes. Maybe that'll change my mind of the smell, though, actually, now that I know that it's dry cured. Because <laughs> the funkier something is, usually the better it tastes. Mm -hmm. mm. That's yeah, that's good. quite good. That is really good. That is good. quite good. Um, this is Tempesta. Artisan salami, tartufo, black truffle salami. And that is very good. Wow. My only complaint, no nitrites or nitrates added. They're lying, obviously. That's just a, a mislabel. And I wonder how much longer they're going to let that go on for. At some point, they have to say, no, those are still nitrites. I Same don't know. I got, a, I got a news story in today that's not specifically about that, but it's related to labeling. And it really just crushed my soul. So, so I, that's crushed. a very strong reaction so to crushed. a labeling issue with the USDA that it's, it crushed your well, soul. Well, there's the thing is it didn't come from the USDA. It came from, came from the judicial system. And so we'll see <laughs> uh, how the USDA gotcha. wants to do things because technically I think it could still be done if the USDA wanted to do it. We'll I see. Could, we'll talk, we'll have to talk about that. I can understand the justice system crushing <laughs> your soul. That one, that's yeah. why I was like, whose opinion would he hold in high right. regard to the yes. point where he would be crushed when they give news? Um, now that is doing the same thing that that Iberico pork did with a, a mouth coating. The stuff we made here, the chorizo and the Italian that, uh, Dylan and I made a couple years ago did not do that. It left a little coating in your mouth, but it doesn't have that, whatever that like final taste is. It's just, so it's not great. It's not terrible. It's just kind of annoying. 
The differences are probably um, the type of fat and the fat content and starter culture. Did we use a lactic acid starter culture? Yep. We did? Yep. Hmm. Yeah, we dry cured it. All right. I don't know then. Well, let's move on. It, it, some of it could be oh, the dryness level. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm still thinking. because So it comes in a little yeah, like paper wax type of yeah, deal, yeah. but it's still roll stocked inside there. And so when it's encased in there, it might change a little bit. If ne next time we get something like that, open it up, let it sit out for a few days, maybe a couple weeks. We can do it right there. Yeah. Cut. Try that in a couple weeks. We should cut happens. it, vacuum pack half of it. Leave the other ones out, and we'll try it in a future week. week. Yeah, that'd All be right. good to do. So the next one is these things. They're salami whips. Ouch! Which I just hit that off with. The second hurts. I saw that, that was immediately what I decided I was going to do. I mean, you can't give me something called a whip and not expect me to hit you with it. That did not hurt because you probably didn't get it <laughs> before snap it as well as i did it, it didn't yours didn't break off on mine so all the, the force the energy went i once gave arm. a kid in football practice well it was after football practice an enormous black and blue that covered like half of one of his peck from a wet towel snap it was amazing <laughs> wow it was it was chris do for it i just it snapped perfectly and everything turned black and blue it was great okay well, Austin said so you're such a visual guy. Did you imagine all that as it happened? Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so this is salami whips, uh, semi-dry cured hatch chili pepper. Um, no MSG. Does not say no uh, nitrates. Okay. Um, yeah, that's really good. Like now that you have me thinking about it, like I do image image everything in my head. When you were reading that, I was like looking at the package, like reading off, like as you're reading the words, it's creepy. I have to play everything out in my head. Yeah. But that is, I, I don't know if that's strange or not. Well, no, just very, yeah. Well, I, that, that's more common than the alternative where you don't see anything in your head. <clears throat> yeah. I have a buddy of mine that your like, buddy. he says, he goes, yeah, I just see black. And I'm like, well, but you're seeing something, but there's a word for it, but that's not our topic for this not podcast really. for sure not, so yeah not and, really. and if, even if it was we're not experts in it so i feel like i would eat a lot of those this is basically like a less greasy slim jim with yes. a clear casing instead of a smoked and just a little different flavor and slightly slightly coarser yeah but you can't i mean that slim jim stuff is like I don't know how they make that, but I'm sure that's turned into basically a liquid first. Like beyond emulsification, I would imagine. No. I mean, because otherwise it would look, the texture would look like our uh, French pork liver pate. Yeah. You barely have to chew this. Yeah. Like it basically falls no apart. Snap. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. That's really good. What millimeter do you think that is? Mm -hmm. Five? Ten? 10 i'm gonna say 10, 10. that is super like, it's 10. tiny yeah, yeah that's pretty close to a slim jim but way better yeah it's like a really good slim jim i want to say slim jim is like an 11 or 12 okay maybe a third not more than a 13 well then if that that's has to be smaller this is significantly gym. smaller than a slim jim i would say mm -hmm. i like the flavor of slim jim what i don't like is that oil mm. like it just sticks oh, and yeah. it gives me heartburn some people like legitimately want that taste though of the or legitimately want that oil in it i'm like you they Find some additive and throw it in there. I don't know. They don't know any better. They just... Right. It's what they're using. They to. assume Slim Jim is the standard yep. and they want to replicate it. Um, so the last... Well, the second to last thing we have to try 
couple of weeks ago, I talked about uh, this company up in Minnesota that was making biltong, which is a, a traditional African type of jerky. So I decided to go on their website and order some of it. Um, this bag has zero sugar, 32 grams of protein. There are, a, a, an entire package is one serving and there's only 160 calories in it. That's what? pretty good. Yeah, Jesus. the entire thing. I'm going to just only eat that. What's the bad side if I only ate that? What do I? I imagine your stomach would start revolting at some point. That's good. A purge. Okay. Great it's way to stay. It's got one carbohydrate. Got a lot of sodium. It's got 33% of your daily sodium in one serving. How many servings in a bag? One. One bag, one serving. Oh, well, then there you go. This is a true, legitimate, no nitrite product. So that's how you do it is it's salt cured. That's why there's so much salt in it. Mm. So this is bold and spicy. What do you got? Just traditional. It's good. Bold and spicy is good. Yeah, that is very good. I just love how they do this. So we talked about it last time, but they cure like an entire cut of meat. And it's usually, you know, something fairly not tall. Um, and then they slice it. And you can see that in the slice. Like here is the outside and here, you know, here's the inside. Oh, that's better. That's very good. The, the, the spicy one's a little bit better, I think. Mm -hmm. So this one is called Moto Moto flavor, which is bold and spicy, I assume. Um, basically the exact same ingredient or exact same calories, all of that. So it says 100% farmed beef. What does they, that they, really right. mean? Did I ever tell you when uh, I went out to Fiji once and they have wild cows, like at cows that look like cows here, maybe not as fat, just randomly walking around the island and anyone is free to kill them <laughs> and what? harvest them. You just kill them and harvest them. Oh, what if you don't harvest them? I think you're just a psychopath. <laughs> so well, I thought he said I could kill the cows. He said I could kill <laughs> What's this. going on? So 100% farm beef, six timeless ingredients, air dried to perfection, guaranteed natural, gluten-free, paleo-friendly. Yeah, so it's ZambeziBiltong.com. Um, ZambeziBiltong.com. It's good. I'm I'm a fan that's of that. Don't eat more of that. Austin's eating more of the cat food. There, that's not it's that. It's French pate. It is <laughs> bad. It's not bad at all. Like I said, I'm going to eat that again. That stuff's good. I like eating things. This is weird. I don't know how to say this. I like eating things that like a classically trained French chef makes. I don't like French food. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because yeah. the, 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 like the basics of French style cooking agree with me, but like their actual food, I don't like. You like how the food is prepared and taken care of. But I don't like horse. Like I don't the, like yeah. it. I, I mean, I like their, their bread and their You're saying pastries. like, a f like of course, French food done by like a three or four star restaurant. You're like, of course I'm going to love that. But you're saying French food like prepared by someone at their home who lives in France you wouldn't like? So if they're yes, preparing the same dish, so if, to speak. If I go to a, a, a non-French restaurant and the chef is like classically French trained, that's like a sign he knows what he's doing. I'm mm -hmm. going to like what he does. As long as he's not trying to feed me horse, snails, things like that. Okay. So, all right. The last one. Austin's taking a good amount of time with this because. Mystery meat. It is not mystery meat. We know what it is. It is wild caught octopus. Uh, I will find the bag while you open it. I can't that. even, like, what do you think it's going to look like when you open it up? 
zero clue. Oh, I think like, it's going to be little baby octopus. Hold on, yes. hold on. Like, right, is it gonna, excited. Is it going to look like little if little legs with suction? I cut? think it's just going to be some of the tentacles. Or is it just going to be like oh, what what Austin had? Like it's just all reformed. It won't be that. Wow. I think it's going to be whole octopus, but this is packed in there tight. Okay. It's decently heavy. There's a lot of lot of something in here. So this is wild pulpo octopus in <laughs> Spanish olive oil. It's hand packed in Galicia, Spain. It has oh, that is some thick oil. A hundred percent natural artisan product. No Please, colors or preservatives. Refrigerate after opening. Awesome. I'm trying to open it really carefully. Watch I don't your, spill it on me. Watch your eyes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story behind that. Uh, this is interesting. Austin's really struggling Take, with oh, his time. <laughs> he's not happy, oh, folks. Smell Ladies and gentlemen, he's not happy. You could, I'm gonna throw up, dude. He hit it by yes. like, yes, it got open a centimeter. And he went, hate it. Oh, oh he hates ah, it. Oh, yes, ah, yes, the, yes. There's the thumbnail. I'm gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick just said, There's the thumbnail. We'll okay, yeah, you don't have to take the whole that's thing. That's open off. enough. All right, it's not whole octopuses, but they're it's chunks. chunks. Oh, uh, here's what I don't like about it. It does not feel tender at all. It was yeah, actually you, a little difficult to get that toothpick in it. That's what I'm saying. It's still holding on the toothpick. So it's not Wait. It's not like chicken in oh, a Oh, yeah. You it's, got the suckers. It's pretty Just make sure that it's ready to eat. It doesn't say cook first. <laughs> He's trying to find a way out of this, ladies and gentlemen. It's, in, it's canned. Oh, this product has been... Oh, dang. It's been produced free of peanuts. <laughs> say, so I are you going to lie and say you had a peanut allergy? Uh, my son does. I can't take that stuff home with me. <laughs> and no one's asking you to take it no. home with you. We're just asking you to eat it now. Yeah, uh, there's there's no reason. I don't think I can I can get out of this. I don't oh, I don't know why I bought this. You ready? Because it was interesting. One, two, three, go. You might like it. Not I mean, that bad. Yeah. No, it tastes fishy, but not bad trying to compare that to something uh i don't like sardines but like almost a little bit of a sardine flavor to it when you bite into it and the olive oil gets pushed out yeah i i wouldn't sit down and snack on that but it's not bad if i if i don't look at the little suckers <laughs> on it it would be okay i got a good picture of the suckers with your face in the background so <laughs> great we'll use that um luckily awesome bought some cheese as a palate cleanser and that's needed at the moment all right i do not like the smell of that at all though nope yeah so we're gonna do something about that so we're not sitting here smelling that the whole time all right so that's it for the food portion um before we get to i'm gonna still eat the french pate as we go can you take it closer to you um before we get into the where john has been uh we do have a couple of meat logistics reward stuff that has arrived in the last day or so uh, we've got a digital camo ron parish a digital camo dave in arizona that's fast mm -hmm. dave and az that is a fast ascension and we've got nd mike for the waltons uh oh, ogio is that what you call this ogio, Polo. yeah so you guys i'll get those sent out tomorrow to you um so thank you and uh congratulations we also have figured out what our well we have a very good idea what our next reward level item is going to be um i think you guys will really like it i didn't know how secret that was oh you told people <laughs> i told i halfway told one person okay no worries but didn't exactly tell them okay yeah but. there's still actually some figuring out to do because we found that we can actually get better prices on better things oh yeah, than yeah. That through something else so we might that. we might go that route okay Cut. all right so i have been up in minnesota uh seeing the ron Shera guys we needed to talk about what 
we're going to do with them in 2023, review what we did in 2022, what worked, what didn't, what, you know, all of that. Um, but as I was going up there, they have awesome musky fishing up there. I'm a huge fan of all fishing, but Travis is like a savant. Uh, so Travis Frank, host of the Flush and the Flush podcast, is a savant with these fish. I mean, when Austin and I went, when I tell you we got the boat or he got the boat where he wanted and he told us cast 25 yards out that way, they're going to grab it as it's dropping, just be ready to set. Everything he told us was right. He, well, he, not only that, but he demoed it and on his first cast, right where he was going, he gets a bite like boom. So real quick, I asked about that because he was showing us what he wanted us to do with a particular musky lure. And Mark brought that up. He's like, you ever just like catch a muskie on, you know, this It's like, that's happened four times with muskies. It's like on other ones when I do it, he's like, I will intentionally get to a spot, see a school of them on the, the front view and throw one out there, catch it on one, then give it to them. He's like, then when they don't, if they can't catch anything, it's like, Hey, I did it. And they'll always <laughs> ask like, Oh, you do it again. He's like, no, nope, that's all you get is one. So he's like setting himself up as almost like this mythical character in their mind, yeah. which is fair. I mean, his knowledge of, of that lake and, uh, uh, Minnetonka is insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. So we'll get into that. But also in this is Patrick is a big Tennessee Titans fan. I'm a big Washington fan. They played this past weekend. We made a bet. Didn't want to put any money on it because of how bad Washington is. So, uh, we agreed that if, he won, I would tell an embarrass, embarrassing story. And if I won, he would tell an embarrassing story. Obviously, he won. Um, and I had my story all picked out, but it changed this weekend. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. So anyways, all right, we get there. I get there Monday night. Uh, we go right out to the lake and we start fishing. Uh, he's got these two, he called them minnows, which is ridiculous because they were legitimately over a foot long and they were suckers. So he's got this rig with like almost pinchers at the front and they go in the fish's nostrils on either side. And then it's got a chain running for a, a steel leader, whatever you want to call it, leading back to what looks like a treble hook. Just one of the hooks is turned sideways and then hmm. another one to the same type of hook. So what you do, you put it through its nostrils, you take that sideways hook and you barely put it into the side of the fish and again on the back. So what you're wanting to have happen there is when the muskie comes up and grabs that like that type of bait is just, or yeah, that type of bait is just not going to let go. So you be real calm and take a second, get your pole set like directly over it. And then you just set as hard as you possibly can. The idea there being that those two hooks that are barely in it are going to rip right out and you'll have just the muskie left. He said it's happened more often than you would think that you actually get the muskie up next to the boat, even maybe in the net. And it just finally lets go. It was never hooked. It just didn't want to let go of really? the, yeah. I mean, they're super aggressive. Now, he also said that because these fish are now under like such uh, stress that they really only eat a couple times a day. We fished throughout the rest of the day, but like they have two to four windows, 15 minute windows in a day that they'll eat. He says they'll all turn on at once and they'll all turn off at once. And he said, sunrise, sunset, moonrise, moonset are really like the triggers. So with musky fishing, uh, if you're not doing those side things, you're throwing out like a, a basically it just looks like a huge buzz bait with uh, specific spoons and you bring it up to the boat. 
And a lot of times they'll follow it in, but they don't know what it is. So you do a figure eight, which is where it comes in. You take your pole, you reel it all the way up to the steel leader, and then you get your pole about two feet in the water and you do big, lazy um, figure eights. So a lot of the time, apparently, it will decide like as it's turning, because it's been following it the whole time, it's been straight, and now it's turning and it's like, oh, it's trying to get away, I better grab it. So anyways, we're doing that, gets dark out, moon is just about to come up, and I'm doing a, a figure eight, I can't see anything. As I'm coming around on this side, whack, just slammed, <laughs> so I yank, set it, um, and with uh, those baits, you wanna set it like right away, because they will let go of those. So it's, you know, it's right up next to the, the boat. It didn't take any more line, really. So I'm just like fighting it right there. It's heads out, flapping all around. And he's trying to tell me something. And I, but I'm just like, I'm not hearing him. I'm too like jacked up from it. So he's saying something, saying something. And finally he goes, forget it. I'll just get the net. And he goes in and he just <laughs> nets it right away. So this fish is what he would call very green. So didn't tire it out at all. So it was full of piss and vinegar. So he grabs it. He's like, you ever uh, handled the muskie before? And I've done northern pike and whatever. So it's basically the same thing. And I've caught small muskies. Um, so yeah, go in, miss on the first one. And I get this large cut that's actually rather puffy. That's infected. And it's not really infected. Yeah, it's that, not infected. No, that's infected. It's not. Um, so I get this rather large cut that did not stop bleeding for quite some time. Um, it also got me here and it ripped up all my fingers. Uh -huh. So it got me pretty good. But in the end, um, it was a 39, 36 inch musky, um, really, really pretty fish. Uh, and he was trying to tell me, so he wanted me to hold it a specific way. Um, you know, not for the fish's health, so, but that's how it would look best. And I was fine up here. Obviously I know where to grab it along the gill plate. Um, but back here, he kept saying, move your hand back behind the fin. So it's got that little, you know, I don't know if you call it a caudal fin. I assume it's caudal fin. Um, so I, I thought he just went back this way. But what he was trying to tell me is like pull my hand underneath so it doesn't look, you know, you see more of the fish and less of my hand. But I just didn't get that till after. Again, very, very pumped up. Very, very pumped up. Um, so anyways, catch that. The moon rises maybe five minutes, but probably closer to two minutes later. Like, he knew exactly what was going to happen. That's amazing. The downside was last week, they had a soft freeze and a hard freeze Thursday and Friday. Record highs Monday and Tuesday. So that's shutting fish off. And we, you know, whatever, doesn't matter. Still had an amazing time. Um, the next day we went back out and we were casting. It was super windy and I kept getting rat's nest on one of his uh, poles. Like it would cast fine, 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 rat's nest. It was just, it was annoying me. And so it happened, happened again. I'm throwing and I'm not really paying attention because I hadn't rat nested in a while. Pole pulls right out of my hands. No. Literally pulls no. right out of my hands. <laughs> Lukey says I waited like a quarter of a second and I dove in after it, right? <laughs> so really like I, I, when I say dive in, I didn't like dive in. Jumped I pushed, you know, I got down after it. Went further than I expected. So I touched the pole. That's all I ever did was touch the pole. And I managed to jam my thigh up against the railing, but I'm going over. Like I've got a hoodie on, I've, you know, top heavy anyways, I'm about to go over. So I don't know any of this story, but Luke, he said they both like 
paused, kind of shocked. Finally, he goes, well, grab his legs. <laughs> so they grab my legs, pull me back in. I, my entire upper half is just so. Oh, my gosh. I had his glasses on, his fishing pole. And we had talked about it the night before because I asked, have you ever lost a fishing pole while <laughs> fishing for these? Um, and he goes, no, the cork on the handle will make them float. So they'll come right back up. Even if there's a muskie on it, it says eventually it'll shake it and the pole will come up. So when we got back up, he's like, I told you they float. It's like, why did you go in after it? I'm like, I just saw it and had to go for it. Was it like cold the rest of the day then? If you were wearing a hoodie? So like the wind was bad. coming through. It was first, that was very early in the morning. Um, so I was, uh, uh, I took off the hoodie. I took off my shirt. He had a, an extra shirt, but it was at best a medium. <laughs> it was a, a Rapala shirt at best a medium. So I'm a fat guy in a little shirt. Uh, like, so yeah, Travis's, not Lukey's. No, yeah, it was Travis's <laughs> so, side. Yeah. yeah, so I was feeling a little tight there. I was kind of glad we didn't catch any muskies during that period. Um, anyways, then we moved over to uh, Lake Minnetonka, and I was very upset because if I if that had happened on Lake Minnetonka, I could have said I purified myself in the water uh -huh. of Lake Minnetonka, <laughs> just like Dave Chappelle. Um, anyways, but we caught some walleye there, uh, and Travis... Filleted them right there, gave them to me in a plastic bag and gave, uh, gave me a cooler. He also gave me some sausage that he and his family make. So I don't have a freezer in my room. So I've got it in that cooler on ice all night, pushed all the way in the back of the little refrigerator I have. Morning, switch out the ice, put it inside my uh, carry-on suitcase, right? Never even occurs to me that I might have a problem getting that through security. So I'm going through security um, and my bag, I see it get pulled. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, how stupid am I? Of course. And at this point, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to lose the, um, the ice, which means I'm going to lose the fish. Like, I can't take them. I'm like, but the sausage was frozen solid when he gave it to me. And uh, the bratwursts were smoked, cured. So we're good on that. So I'm preparing for it. And then I'm like, wait a minute. They don't care about the item. They care about the ice. So the lady comes up and she's like, Oh, you know, looking through something here. She's like, what do you have? I'm like, explain the situation to her. I'm like, you know, this is kind of the whole reason we, I came up here. So I, you know, would really like to take it back. She's like, well, you know, can't let you through with the ice. It's carry on. I was like, all right, I promise I will check it at the gate. Like I hundred percent will do that. I'll pay anything it has to. She's like, but it's a liquid. I'm like, but what is not. it? <laughs> like, but is it a liquid? She's like, well, yes. I'm like, but it's not right now, right? And she's like, no, but it will melt and become a liquid. I'm like, right. But you're concerned that it's not water, right? The reason you're not letting me take this on is because you're thinking maybe it's like a, has some sort of explosive material in it. You like, said that to her? Yes. Wow. Oh. But I said, but it's not because it froze. She's like, what? It, she's like, I don't understand. I'm like, well, water freezes like this. Explosive like, materials. I, I didn't don't. say that. I said <laughs> something else would have, you know, either a color to it or would freeze in a different shape. I'm like, this is obviously ice from an ice machine. Like you can tell that that's what this is. I got it from my hotel room. I was being super polite during the entire thing. I think I even started out with, listen, I 100% understand if it has to, if I can't take it. I'm like, but I really, really want to. So it went back and forth for like three minutes. She eventually went and talked to somebody else. He came over and he's like, all right, so tell me what's going on. So I just relayed that whole story again. He's like, yeah, okay, you can take it. I was like, 
awesome. Sweet. So we have that back. Um, I'm going to, at some point in a future podcast, uh, Travis gave me like what he normally does with it. So we're going to roll it, dry it off, roll it in chicken on the run, um, then egg wash it, then put it in panko breadcrumbs. But we're going to do a couple of different seasonings that we're going to add to the chicken on the run. So it should be interesting, which is great because that is one of my favorite types. Walleye is one of my favorite types of fish to eat. So that's good. I was just, I was very concerned like that you were going to come back and tell us that you caught nothing Yeah, because, uh, I think, I don't even think you sent me a picture of fish. You sent the, the pictures you sent me were like, well, joking it was kind of pictures. Yeah. I was kind of trying to hide, <clears throat> not hide, but I was kind of trying to hold that for the, the podcast. And I am, I'm dead tired guys, but I will put together a meatistics post cause I've got a couple other good things, but that's the, the musky. That's nice. So also the next day, uh, one followed my bait all the way up, even as to the point where I was doing the figure eights, which I kept calling figure fours because the <laughs> wrestling term, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We had a whole thing about that. Um, and then we saw uh, a Northern strike at it from a while out, but it, that was really all we got on the second day for muskies. So it's still a great time. Yeah, absolutely. Great time. It's awesome. All right. Uh, I thought I grabbed that, but I don't see it, which means it's over there. Uh, do you want to go on to the product? Oh yeah. So, um, we will have more details on exact availability and pricing, um, to come soon. But as soon as we could, we wanted to show you guys, um, what new is coming down the line. Um, we finally have our new attachment for the quick patty maker that takes, um, we t- you take out the, what is that, a five or six inch patty, and you replace it with a new insert that's going to make about a two, two and a half inch breakfast sausage patty. For ye- Literally, it's been years. People have have asked, like, we want to we want to make a different patty size. We want to do this. We want to do uh, something else. And we're like, yeah, we don't really want to do it because the molding and the cost behind it are fairly substantial. So we finally broke down and said, yep. Perfect. Let's do it. Let's get it. So we got our demo unit in. Um, I want to say Andrew said that it was actually tried. Yes. Okay. Yep. We tried them, made a bunch that work basically exactly as this one does. Uh, so it is just the mold insert. So it will work with ours and we're 90, 99% sure that it'll work with anyone else's as well. Um, Anybody else that has a similar looking, mm-hmm. similar named. And similar size. Like the size of this is what's really key. Uh, but you just take out the old one, put in the new one, and it works like a charm. I ran through like 10 pounds of it in no time whatsoever. So pretty great. It's going to be sweet. Yep. That's something that was requested for the first time a long time, like years ago. Mm-hmm. Years it's been ago. a while. It's the advantage of having Andrew. Yeah. Somebody who can actually like chase those things down. Yeah. Because otherwise we don't. We don't. Yeah, yeah. We don't have time. We do. All right. Uh, on to Meat Matters. On to Meat Matters. So the first one. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. We'll go to that. Is one that first. not the first one? No, I added I added one last minute. Literally it popped up on my phone like as we, we were coming back here to record. You know mine doesn't update though. Yeah. All right, go to this one first as that one updates. Okay. So um this was I don't have a, a whole ton of commentary on it. I just thought this one was really cool. Um so inside a ancient Roman military camp, um, this article's from oh. the Mi- Miami Herald. Yeah, I have that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought I was skipping to the you're second right. one. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very Go confused. Ahead. Nope, nope. You're good. We're you're doing page. what you're supposed to do. Okay. 
so inside this ancient military camp, they found a quote unquote fridge. Um, it, I mean, for what they could have as a fridge back then, obviously no electricity, but basically it was like a bunch of like ceramic plates and stuff surrounding it. And there were still traces of animal bones, meat product, and some other food um, that was left inside it. They don't know exactly when it's from, um, but they do know that that military base uh, was stopped being used by the Romans in like the 5th century. So, at least 1,500 years That's old. That's crazy. Um, and they said that they don't normally find any material inside of them because they're usually demolished when... You know, they either redo the building, they usually get rid of that. So finding this was, seems like it was a pretty rare treat. But it is interesting to think like way back then, you know, it couldn't have been much before that that they started even getting to have like that rudimentary technology to be able to do that. I mean, before that, it was just basically salt it until, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is unbelievably dry. And like the biltong we ate. Like the uh, I would bet you that everything they ate was much saltier and much drier than that. Not everything, so? sorry. Like they're preserved meat, yes. I would bet that like they would have big tubs of salt and they would just put it in there for months and months and months until it was totally dry. Because if you get food poisoning back then, much bigger deal than nowadays. Yeah, you would, you, yeah. You, you could die. Die. Yeah. Has anyone played Oregon Trail? Yes, you got I dysentery mean. and died. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty cool story. All right, so I have that other one now. Okay, so this one, literally fresh off the press, um, came out at 1.56 today. Yeah, four minutes before. Uh, oh, no. An hour. And, an hour. Yeah, I had, uh, whatever. whatever. It enough. popped up on my phone literally minutes before. But We're not mathematicians. Um, from Kansas.com, first of two Wichita Grays Craze franchises to open Monday. So it's basically just a charcuterie business. Nope. Um, I've never heard of the place Hold before. On. Nope, 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 nope. We have to address this now say that word again charcuterie charcuterie is how i pronounce it i don't know well i don't know you've been in the business your whole life i imagine you're probably right no don't trust my pronunciation okay i think it's you might be saying the real way i'm just saying i'm just using like the american lingo for it (laughs) okay go ahead um but i i've just i've never heard of it before i've never heard of it like a restaurant concept like that um it's going to be interesting to see what they like have in there. Um, they talk about having like keto and vegetarian and gluten-free diets. So it sounds like they're going to have a pretty wide variety of stuff. Um, it sounds like some of the, some of their stuff is made in house, but the charcuterie, charcuterie, However, um, I think that all comes from the the franchisee, franchisor. Making it. Which yeah. way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they're making it, but then the other stuff is made locally in the store. Um, like dips and fresh bread. So if you have meat and fresh bread, I'm in. It's an awesome idea. And you have to think the markup on that's going to be phenomenal. I mean, think about how expensive uh, prosciutto is at the store, mm-hmm. right? So they're going to mark it up even more than that. The, the question will come down to, are they buying this from somebody or are they making it, making it themselves? Because if it's the same stuff I can get in the store, I'm not interested. If it's like if they have an artisan making it, then uh-huh. I'm very interested in it. We'll have to see if we can buy any that's still in the package. Then we can get the USDA stamp and find out who's who's making it. It has to it has to be made USDA because it's coming out of state. So it's not a, a local state inspected deal. Unless they also have a, one in Kansas, it's unlikely. I don't think yeah, so. It's unlikely. 
But wait a minute. So you're thinking we can go there and buy, like, hey, I want a pound of your, I think it's more you eat in store. Mm, no? Did no. I misunderstand that? I think it could be both because they talk about like, uh, oh, grab sure, and go lunch. Yeah, charcuterie sure, okay. like to go boards, right. and their boards are recyclable. You don't, they're not like wood, and you have to return them or uh -huh. anything. Um, so they can't get something. people to return carts. There's no way they're gonna get. Yeah, yeah, never so, gonna happen. Uh, okay, that is pretty cool. All right, your next story. I, I know I've talked a lot about how I'm, I no longer understand time. But there's no way it's been a year since we talked about this story last. They must do this more than once a year. So my understanding is that, well, this was not we just like one thing. So this story is from the, uh, one of the, obviously one of the best newspapers Man, of all of time, the Austin American Statesman uh, out of Austin, Texas. Um, but says, in Austin, butchers slice on ice for Texas Roadhouse meat cutting challenge. Um, so they do it every year, but this is not like the whole event. This was like their local oh, event. Okay. So then there's regionals, then there's national. Um, so it's it's an ongoing process. So it's just starting. So I don't know. It didn't really say when nationals is, but I'm assuming it probably takes a couple months. So maybe we only talked about it four months ago. I thought it was. That yeah. was my guess. Something it, like that. Uh, hosted at Ch Chaparral. Chaparral, ice a skating rink in North Austin. 14 butchers lined up on the ice and chiseled down 30 to 40 pounds of meat into perfect fillets, sirloins, uh, and ribeyes that were judged on quality, yield, and speed. Now, when we're talking about yield, are they talking about like finished cooking weight? Because that's going to matter a lot, obviously, on how you cook it. I think their yield is how how much uh, can you get out of it that you're going to be able to sell to serve. and gotcha. serve. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Um, but there's $25,000 national prize. So whoever wins that, don't buy crypto. <laughs> it's just, I, I, I thought it was interesting because, I mean, they're cutting a lot of steaks, but they get a whole hour to do it. I feel like it wouldn't take that long to do. It wouldn't take us that long to do, but we wouldn't do it that well. That's true. So, I mean, I don't think we'd be in the running for the national prize. The only other thing that bothered me about this is there was a picture somewhere I saw, I'm looking for it now. There it is. There's a picture. The guy, on the, the guy has a jacquard. Yeah, why does he have the jacquard? Yeah. Yeah. Because one, I don't think you need it. Two, that goes back to our discussion last week on the last podcast, um, talking about stuff on the outside, going to the inside. What in. are you cooking yeah, at? Yeah, yeah. Use a jacquard on a steak and then you lose your uh, ability. To you just, definitely wouldn't do it on a ribeye. You definitely wouldn't do it on a filet. Is there any reason to do it on a sirloin? Sirloin, maybe. Just, it's going to be a tougher cut. Yeah, I don't. So it's just going to tenderize it. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what it is, but yeah. All right. Next story. Most vegans support lab grown meat. I, I like how you took over on but this. Won't eat it. Yep. As soon as we get to that. lab grown meat or vegans, that's my territory. Uh, most vegans support lab grown meat, but won't eat it. Paul shows uh, the majority of vegans support lab grown meat, but only a quarter would go so far as to eat it. So who are you making this for? Because that should that has to be your target audience. So if you're failing to reach them, you're not getting off the ground. If the picture is accurate, I know I would try it. I know it looks it good. It looks exactly like a fillet. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that is accurate. Now it's cultured in a petri dish that is already like the perfect uh, ready for a hamburger size. Yeah. yeah. Um, now on some of the fillets, 
and uh, other cuts we've seen. There's different ways to do it, right? That one company that was talking about doing 3D printed, their stakes looked the best by far because they could get marbling in there perfectly. I don't think that's going to be an option with just like culture grown meat, but uh, appearance is definitely like, listen, for this to be, to make it, it's got to be either cheaper, better, or something. And right now it doesn't look like it's going to be cheaper. And I don't know why it would be better. So I don't think it's I, whatever. Yeah. I think this is all money that's never going to be realized. It's probably all a tax write-off scheme for these companies. Yeah. That was kind of a joke, but no, maybe not. I mean, in part it could be. I, I mean, if you just, you, there was another article, I don't know if I put in here, but it was about Bill Gates and some of the stuff he's looking at doing. And one of his comments was like, the stuff we're doing now he has no plans or intentions of it being a thing, but it's just about innovating to get to the next step because something will well, come from it. Right. Um, it's like stuff with NASA. Some people are like, why do why do we do this? Well, we, we get all kinds of fun, great things from NASA. We Velcro. Velcro. Yep. Like there's just when you when you're doing stuff like that, it just has side results that that make up for everything that goes sure. into it. So yep. I don't know. This just reminded me too. I have a slightly embarrassing story that I have to share now. Um, um, your issue with steaks the other day, I tried to repeat it. Oh, okay. Not on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, it just happened. It just happened. Okay. I, it was Monday night. I was cooking steaks. Um, my wife was cooking other stuff inside. I'm trying to do outside. The kids are a mess. Both of them are just <laughs> not having a good day. And so I'm trying to take care of them since Jenny's had them all day. Give her a break. I need to go outside. And so um, there, there's more, kind of more to it. So I'll try to, uh, I didn't start at the beginning. I'm going back out because I need to keep adjusting what I'm doing with the steaks because I had two steaks set out. One ended up being a broken package that I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. I cut it open, smelled it, and I'm like, I'm not chancing it. Where'd you get it from? Uh, Was it Dylan's? If it's a, don't say it if it's a small butcher or something. No, it's the stuff we've had for over a year now. Oh, what do you expect <laughs> with that? Oh my, we. So, get, I'm gonna go back there sometime and take a video of it and show it to people. Yeah. There are hundreds of ribeye steaks back there that uh -huh. are just in zip or not zip blocks. Roll uh, stock. Roll stock. Yeah. So, wait, do we know exactly how many? No, they don't know exactly oh, cool. how many. It, it was There's a camera that faces that, though. It was inventoried at one point in time. At this point, I don't know. But oh, so, so yes, I, they do. I quickly got out another steak, had it in hot water in the sink, filled up, trying to like kind of sous vide it to uh -huh. defrost it. And so I know that one's going to have to take some special attention to get it cooked at about the same time the other one. So I finally realized on my camp chef, I have. Um, the ability to turn it into a sear station because you just pull the yep. the thingy over. I'm not using the right lingo. I don't know what it's called, but it moves the heat shield the heat and then shield. you're grilling over the firebox. Oh. I'm like, sweet. You've never done that before. Never done oh, okay. it. I was like, I'm gonna cook, I'm gonna cook this thing. The one that was like still semi-frozen in the middle. I'm like, we're gonna speed it up. The other one I had on the top rack on the side. I'm like, it's gonna be great. Started going, it's going well. Totally forgot I'm cooking ribeyes that are very fatty. Yeah. That, and these were extra fatty. And I even thought about cutting off some of the fat before I even cooked it. Because I'm like, it's like a third of the steak. Exact same thing. And I started a fire. 
and it was not pretty. And my my son and daughter are at the slider door to the patio, just hitting on it, looking, and just because I, I was trying to keep them entertained. Uh-huh. And so all of a sudden, uh, my my son Leo sees it, and he starts telling mom what's going on. <laughs> and I come inside, and Jenny's like what's going on? Leo says there's fire everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Teach him not to rat. Yeah. Never tell. But there, I, I got a platter and I had to take the stakes off because there, I couldn't hardly even reach in the thing. Yeah, Flames were like everywhere. Yeah. When's the last time you cleaned it? Oh, I don't. Oh, then th- that contributed. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, so you don't have a sear box. You have the sidekick. Yeah. The right. gr- griddle on the side. So a, I think it probably would have worked better on that griddle. Um, and B, I think part of our problem, part of my problem with those was that I'm used to cooking with the grill grates. I didn't have them. So that fat is just dripping right down onto mm-hmm. the flame instead of getting hopefully vapor, or not vaporized, burned off on, burned on, off on that. the grill yeah. grates first. So, yeah. But mm-hmm. very amusing. Now, one last thing on the vegetarian thing, and this is like a very bad marketing decision on their side lab grown meat also referred to as cultivated meat that's fine cell-based meat that's fine clean meat i argue that but again that's fine or in vitro meat yeah i don't sound a little that's a good plug for that when i hear in vitro i think of one thing and it has nothing to do with eating yeah i think that's and so this will tie into a little bit to one of the later news stories. Cup. They got to figure out what they're doing on labeling because how you label it is going to make all the difference on whether people are like, I would eat that or go, that sounds too weird. I don't want to yeah. do it. So I don't know. All right. You want to move on to your soul crush? Oh yeah. We can jump to that. That is, Oh, is that not the Supreme court story? No. All right. Let's go to the Supreme court story then. Okay. So Supreme court has, a uh, decision and deci- I can't talk decision in front of them. I think it was argued Monday or Tuesday, and it's about California's Prop 12, um, which basically says, um, lost my spot. It's, there we go. There's uh, uh, it's an argument over over the, the treatment of pigs as they're being raised for harvest and California's control over that process because, um, only 1% of pork is produced inside of California, but like 13% of it is consumed. So if if the law goes through, they're going to be affecting what other people are doing in other states, which is the argument from one side is basically saying like it's interstate commerce. You can't control what we're doing. Um, but there was supposed to be only 70 minutes of oral arguments, and that just doubled instantly. Hmm. And uh, um, it's looking really iffy on what's going to happen. I mean, a lot of times when something goes to the Supreme Court, it's like left versus right or some sort of ideological background behind it that really just ties one side to the other. Those typical sides, when you usually you can tell where somebody's going, looking off of the questions they're asking, and it's totally mixed up. It's I think it's it's a wild card as to what's going to actually happen here. Um but it's going to make a huge difference on pork production if they don't strike it down because they want a minimum of 24 square feet per Mm -hmm. animal, which more or less five foot by five foot, which doesn't sound like a ton of room, but but when you expand that out. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe prop 12 also had that it has to live three quarters of its normal natural life. A certain percentage of that 
has to be like open grazing, I believe, too. I think that's the Prop 12. Don't worry don't about remember. that part. What's really concerning is they think they can say, if you want to sell in this state, you have to meet these uh, requirements. If they wanted to say, for our pig farmers, whatever, that's California. But like you just said, they have no right or authority. And what I would love to see Cargill and all those companies do is go, okay, no more shipping to California. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know two businesses that will not do any business in California, period. They will not send shipments to California. They will not hire a contractor from California because all these crazy rules coming out, like um, there was a a 10% tax rate on your entire business if you had anything in California at one point. I don't know if that went through or not, but that's just the type of thing that, that they're talking about. And it's a shame because there's a ton of agriculture in California. We tend to think of it as just San Francisco, LA and eh, San Francisco and LA, I guess. But I mean, 80% of the state is very rural and very agricultural based. So yeah, it's my, I mean, my biggest concern through the whole deal is we were, we already talk about for literally the last two years about meat prices mm -hmm. and where things are going and the amount, uh, if it goes through, it, it's, it's going to jack up meat prices a lot. Um, good and news is, is pork, like we talked about last week, pork at least is a little bit lower than right. it has been. Yeah. Um, but there's just, there's always little things like that that are just coming along that I think we're just going to forever see prices continue to just hit new records. We get a little reprieve from it and then the next thing comes and we start jacking things up again. So, so probably not probably possibly what's going to come out of this is you'll have people who really want to continue eating as much meat as they always have like myself, who are just going to end up going directly to a place like Crables and buying halves, quarters, holes, whatever they can afford. And then they'll eat all of that. And then less will be sold through the stores and will become more of a specialty item. It might help. Yeah. Maybe I should support it because it just because it might help our market. <laughs> like it could be a boom for the small to midsize process. Here's the, here's the downside to it. While long-term buying a half quarter, whatever, would be economically like responsible for me. Um, there are a lot of people who want to eat meat who don't have that ability to do it. Like they don't have whatever it is to invest in that right then. So, I mean, those people are going to get the short end of the stick, which mm -hmm. is not cool. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I'm going to add this to my watch list of stuff to see what happens. We probably won't find out an answer for six months, but um, yeah, I would imagine at least probably spring when they come out with decisions. Takes so long. Okay, we'll cool. see. The next story just sounded cool. There's not a lot of point to this one, um, but it was. Oh, I didn't even. Do you want me? To, do you not have it? I didn't it's open the it up. Tanzania. Yeah, so there's 74 people that have gotten sick in Tanzania, and three people that died from eating poisonous turtles. Didn't know that was a Didn't thing. Didn't know that, yep. Had no idea. Absolutely not. I thought, I th I don't I don't know why in my mind, like, I thought it was like, if something was poisonous, it wouldn't be necessarily poisonous to eat like that. It'd be like if it was reptile, if it was a snake, it could be a poisonous snake, but you can still eat snakes. No. But, venomous. Poisonous oh, is if you eat it. Venomous I've got the wrong it, thing it in my you. mind then. Yeah. Okay. So still, I did not know that there were, I know there were poisonous frogs. I did not know there were poisonous turtles. My question is, did they have their correct turtle shell cracking hammers 
Is that a thing? No. Nobody gets it? Yeah. Reference to the office. Okay. Dwight gives Jim and whatever her name is, turtle like a set of turtle cracking, turtle shell cracking hammers for the wedding gift. Just weird. Very weird. But So technically it's illegal in China to eat turtles, but they sell them and do it anyways. Oh, and, nothing uh, bad has ever happened with that. Then... Uh, it's the, the description on the sickness was <laughs> vomiting continuously. continuously. It sounds very painful. Now, you did kind of make or say that this, you found this funny, but three people did die. True. So, Patrick, so. obviously, very, very concerned back. <laughs> sounds there. like ayahuasca or something. They're just profusely vomiting. <laughs> is there a shaman too with this? Yeah, or? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is another important know what you're eating. Don't yeah. just grab something out of the, the wild without knowing what it is. Oh, I said. What? Wait, were those, were both, both those stories in Tanzania? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm skipping the next one unless you want to talk about it. Yeah, uh, we got other stuff. Um, next one. This just brought horror to my mind. And as we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, me like imagining things and like playing things out in my head. I'm a mad when I read this, I'm imagining my hand stuck in like a huge meat grinder. Um, but a guy, uh, I'm not even sure where this was from the, the, the article is from a meat factory worker. Yeah. It's from Irish examiner. So, so probably somewhere in Ireland. Yeah. But he had, he had to wait two hours to get his, not just his hand, his arm, out of what I think is a meat grinder. It said it was something that was used to mince meat. And it says rotation blades. Yeah. So it's either a bull chopper. But I that has yeah. rotation blades. I just wouldn't think you would get caught in a bull chopper. It would just slice it off. Like if you put your hand in there, just whatever it hit is gone. Yeah, but he was so, like yeah. stuck there. For so hours. it could have been he reached in and the auger turned and like just trapped his hand like that. That would have made sense. At what point are you cutting your own arm off though? Could you even? Well, they got meat cleavers there. You can, uh, yeah, well, you can't reach them. No. <laughs> Get someone else. Ooh, that's a that's a big ask. Dude, like, do Even it. if you're good <laughs> friends with someone at work, being like, hey, can you cut my arm off so I can get it out of this machine? What's the movie that was based on the story about the guy that was caught while he was like hiking in like a canyon? 72 hours. 72 hours? He, 172 hours? 127 hours. He, I, was, I had two numbers right. Breaking saw his arm off to get out. Isn't and that what he did? Well, yeah. Sawed his, caught his arm off with a pocket knife. Dude, the most brutal yeah. part about that is then like, sure, cutting his arm off, but then he pulls out his own nerve. So you get to see, it drops that. And then it, they play this tone that's like, wah, like a guitar kind of twang oh. with it. at the Yeah. So when you're watching it, it's no, not just a visual you. thing. It's a no, full body meltdown. But this is a good time to remind everybody to be very careful when you're using any type of powered meat equipment. It is all yeah. designed in some way to turn flesh into sausage or some sort of restructured yeah. product. And it doesn't care if it's pork, beef, or your arm. Uh-huh. So. Have you ever seen worst case scenario? Like we've, we're reading the story, but have you ever seen any pictures of like what happens? I've seen oh. a bunch of... I think Andy makes people who start in customer service look at some pictures. Of, <laughs> may, do you see? Well, do you I mean, see? It's like, this is what will happen if you're not careful. No, hundred percent. It just reminds me, I, there was some website back like, gosh, the internet was a crazy place like 15 years ago where, yeah, you're just like, oh, I guess I don't really even know what that looks like. And you're just like, okay, now I do. Let me get out of here. <laughs> Move so, on. Yeah. Don't want it. Did you have anything else you want to talk about that? Nope. Okay. Holstone Farms. $500 million pork plant put on pause. 
So this is from Meat and Poultry and saw this and uh, thought it was interesting because of um, what we've talked about with the Western Legacy Development Corporation uh -huh. and their $1.1 billion plant. Well, there's another one that's still pretty big size plant, pork instead of, I think they were Western Develop Western. Cattle. Yeah, they're bison doing bison and cattle. Yep. So this one pork, but Sioux Falls was like, nope, we don't want, uh -huh. we don't want you, which at first I was like, okay, you know. I could see why you maybe wouldn't want somebody there that's that's doing a lot of s slaughter and whatnot. But then I saw, well, Smithfield has a pork plant right there that employs 3,700 people. Uh -huh. It's three times the size. It's like, okay. What is, is that about? Is is this more of our big producers pushing out the little guys again? Yep. Um, I, I feel like the- Say, hey, town council, all, uh -huh. you know- Keep these guys out. We'll keep your campaign fully funded. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but just the optics of it yeah. don't look good. Yeah. But I was, ex I'm, I'm at least excited that hopefully they find somewhere else to go and and they find a place where they can build another yeah. big plant and so. they do well and yeah. put the big guys out of business. It whole yeah, and the other interesting fact on Holstone, it's owned by 200 independent family farmers. So. It is a big company, but it's also, it's like a big company owned by small companies. We should try to get in touch with them too. Yeah. Um, also, my how to go vegan starter kit has not arrived yet. Just what? It has not come yet. At this point, we're going to have, we got to have like a huge segment oh, yes. once we get yeah. that in. That will be an episode probably. Yeah. All right. Next one's from Meat and Poultry. Um, HPAI, which I assume is some way of saying the avian... Influenza. Highly pathogenic avian, avian influenza. Uh, is not expected to influence holiday turkey availability. That's interesting. With an asterisk. Frozen turkey. There is still concern for fresh. Okay. Do you get fresh turkey? How do you buy your turkey? If for I could, I would, because as soon as I buy it, I, I thaw start it. Start defrosting so it. Yeah. It, I find that annoying, but I honestly never see fresh turkey anyways, so I always do frozen. Yeah, mine's always frozen too. So... Does it really matter that much if fresh aren't as available? I mean, I'm sure it'll matter in some areas, but yeah, it's just gonna. Some people who always get fresh and uh -huh. may change change their plans on what they have to do, but I don't feel like that that's that big a yeah thing, anyways. Because I want to say last year or maybe it was the year before, we were slightly concerned over how many turkeys were going to be available because it was looking like there was going to be a shortage. But hey, I did don't you guys see? Uh, this reminds me of uh, a surface I saw recently that helps uh, thaw out meat. A little bit sooner. Yeah, we talked the, about this. Um, I'll see if I can find that and we'll buy one and try it. So it's a... It's a certain it, metal, right? Yeah, it's something to do with copper. It's basically the Thir slap top, but it actually looks pretty interesting. It's a, it's like a, almost like a cutting board, but it's a defrosting board. And it's actually designed to like... It draws away the cold. The thermal conductivity or whatever in the metal yeah. is more present. So apparently it just. It's like a heat sink, but yeah. a cold sink. Just get a bunch of CPU coolers with uh, CPU thermal paste. Use that as like a, <laughs> Put it all over as it. Like a seasoning so around season, it. And, yeah. Season thermal paste. Um, all right. So obviously this is the one that. So the last one. Torched your soul. Yeah. So Arkansas uh, or just to spite them a little bit. Arkansas nah. court strikes down meat label law. So this is from Meeting Place. Um, and this talks about, it just, oh, it's one of those things that just bothers me. It's 
I don't, I'm not a fan, but Arkansas basically passed a law that um, was kind of aimed at uh, the company Tofurky um, because of their usage of sausage and burger and mm-hmm. ham inside of a product that was like plant-based. Not meat. And so, yeah, not meat. And so there's, it, it, it bothers me because there's so many regulations inside the USDA for this product can only be labeled like this and it has to have this in it and do it this way. But when you bring something else in that's that's plant-based and not meat, then you basically get to throw all the rules yep. out and you can do what you want. And you can piggyback on all the marketing that they've done already mm-hmm. by using their terms that they've made synonymous with a certain taste. Yeah. So they they said it was on, unconstitutional for freedom of speech stuff. Um, there's also been other similar legal challenges in uh District Court for Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, South Dakota, and some other states, it says. Um, so we'll see what happens, but it looks like all the other ones are not trending in a good direction. Right. So I, I think this is – the judge said that they think that most consumers have the ability to discern when they see something else on it that it is not just a burger. The problem is – most products like that, uh, the meat industry does it too. So I, I don't want to just rag on just the plant-based meat, but um, you have to have and say something specific in it and make that really, really small and something else really big. So are they just going to make it say bacon and then in little tiny fine print? Not real big. Plant-based. Yeah. Uh, like how uh, ham-like products. So one of, one of the, the ham lunch meats I've been eating a lot of, it says in huge lettering, like deli ham and then in small little tiny tiny lettering it says the and water product with blah 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 blah. it takes up the whole package in little tiny text but Mm. no one no one reads that they don't and when they do they don't they don't think it means anything my argument used to be that uh the general shopper is advanced enough to discern the difference between you know tofurkey and turkey like you look at one you're like oh that's clearly not turkey but what changed my mind on all of that was you and I think Dylan both pointing out the whole advertising thing. Well, they've already spent hundreds of millions of dollars getting you to have a certain opinion of this product. And now they're just jumping on top of that with it not being the same product at all. Marketers are very good at getting you to believe what they want you to believe too. So yeah. it's, yeah. Um, the the big thing though is this is murderer's row of uh Things I don't like. The Good Food Institute, which I heard hires people only from Worst Smart College. And that's the stupidest name for a thing ever. Uh, The Animal Legal Defense Fund and the ACLU. Those are three, whatever you want to call them, organizations that I could just get rid of and never miss again. Is that who who was involved Uh with it? Really? I didn't catch that part. uh, Lobbying for it. I used to like the ACLU, but last like six years, they have completely changed. Yeah, it depends on, depends on what it is. On this scenario, I'm not a fan. I wish that things that were meat were more clearly labeled as exactly what it was and things that are plant-based would actually... You could still... I wouldn't even necessarily be opposed to using some of the meat terms in there so people know that that's what it's designed to mimic, but... I just think it's going to become the overwhelming 
part of the product and it's it's going to be represented in a way that it is the same thing and not that it's a substitute for so yeah um i saw something the other day uh some lady went to her local grocery store and went to all the flowers and like almost 50 percent of them on that front little round label where it like has some information on it oh <laughs> that's even a face a cat would make when it was very happy <laughs> Uh, Austin ate more of the cat food. I'm trying to make John sick. Um, said, uh, now with 10% cricket meal. Like, so they're, they are adding more like cricket stuff to more and more stuff. So That's keep an eye on your label. Real quick, uh, the Judge Barker wrote in the order, the state has not come forward with any evidence of broad marketplace confusion around plant-based meat alternatives to bolster its claim. How are you going to come forward with confusion on that you're gonna run a bunch of samples of uh customers or a bunch of surveys of potential customers i don't know because it's technically not something that's in the market yet so makes no sense all right i don't know you got anything else that's all i got all right guys thanks for watching uh remember to like comment subscribe what else do we say at the end of these I'm very tired. So get out of here. Get out of here. Go. What do you people Why want? are you still here? <laughs> Leave. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons. Everything but the meat.